My new book is now available. It's called Peace Over Pain: How to Eliminate Chronic Pain and or Chronic Illness so you can break free from the medical monopoly. If you want it instantly, you can get the ebook and audiobook together as a package on peaceoverpain.com. And of course, the paperback is available on Amazon right now. Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Have you ever heard of a psychic investigation? Welcome to episode number 144. Today, I'm speaking to the world-renowned Richard Jackson. He's a psychic investigator, a holistic practitioner, and hypnotherapist. Before we begin, sit down and relax. And take in this important conversation. Richard, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Kev. So you've done almost 400 cases of psychic investigations. What is a psychic investigation? That's when I am called to something where there is paranormal activity of an extreme nature, but we don't really know what it is and where it comes from. Otherwise we'd use probably two to 3,000. The 400 is when I interview people. Um, I wanna know if they're seeing a doctor, if they've talked to other investigators. I wanna know about their history in terms of addiction, in terms of education and a biggie, sexual abuse. That, that's a biggie and emotional abuse, of course, and physical abuse. Sexual abuse rings a different kind of a bell. And it's a precursor that um, I, I tested in a show years ago. The response was absolutely international and worldwide, um, probably because of the show itself. But it was about the precursor to a lot of spiritual activity when it's not a direct invitation is often that a person is open if they've been abused for a variety of reasons but the victim is often a woman and she's likely to be sexually abused in cases of really inhuman kind of hauntings. And all I can say to that is I didn't know about this stuff till I was, you know, 39, but in 33 years, it's not even a question with me about what is going on out there. And the fact that some things we don't really identify but some things just stick out clearly. There's human spirits, there's animal spirits, you know, there's just certain things that's becoming now integrated because you can't really hide from facts and truth. And the whole spiritual world actually opened up my, the rest of everything else I do was because I had a problem and my problem wound up being the lottery ticket for me. Mm. I moved into a house that was right out of the movies. Really? Wanted. It was, it was connected to such threads that why I don't have a, a lot written on it. 
um, was I, I really knew that I needed to thread things over a period of time. And I also needed to do it when I was at my cognitive best, which I, I've gotten to. And, and you know how the old expression, one thing leads to another? Spiritually and emotionally, as you know, if we ask for things directly or even indirectly, we're likely to get it. You know, the old thing, careful what you wish for. Um, and I was looking for a big change in my life. Uh, and within a month, everything happened dynamically, including somebody uh, basically attacking my family and causing me to need to, to move location. And in doing so, I moved into a friend's farmhouse who chuckled about the stories he heard. And, you know, he didn't really believe in any of it. He just thought it was pretty funny that the painter jumped through the window and the plumber never came back for his tools. Mm -hmm. But when I moved in, it took me about 10 seconds to understand why. Wow. Yeah, it, it was just utterly nothing I expected. I walked into a house with two masons from um, Sicily and I speak a little Italian. So I did my, my, my greeting. I met him the day before and the house shook on its foundations three times in the middle of the day, like an earthquake. And it wasn't an earthquake. It was spiritual. And that was my welcome, Richard. So you didn't know that you had any skills in this realm until that? Not really. I, I'd say there were some inclinations and stuff, but it, it, as a matter of fact that I know I was a physical and a spiritual medium, that I would take this uh, and, and really have an opportunity and run with it with some amazing people in the world um, that I couldn't have lucked out. Something had to be in play to work with the kind of people I did. Because a lot of times, just like education, you're only as good as where you go and what you do with it. And, and I... I and this catapulted a whole new direction for your life, right? How to keep my daughter safe. Yeah. That's my ultimate goal is, and everyone's, um, you know, the old, we're, we're uh, the village, you know, the village raises a child. I think it's an African, actually, it's an African tale that it takes a village. That's where the expression comes from. And um, whether it's a village or one person, um, I knew that something was not of the caliber that says, oh, we don't hurt little children. Oh, yes, they do. It does. Um, it, it, there's no prejudice. It's like in war, a bomb um, goes off and everyone gets hurt. Right. And I had to prevent this bomb from touching my daughter's life any more than it did. And whether or not I actually had the ability to, who knows, but it brought me in touch with everything. So, you know, lesson, what do you call it? 1A, you know, B7 um, is uh, sometimes what looks like poison or a trap door or bad luck is actually the opportunity we've been waiting for. And it really does not just involve me. It involves everyone. Um, sometimes the, the thing that happens to them, they get fired, uh, marriage falls apart. Sometimes it's a precursor for opportunity um, that wouldn't have happened without it. We have to make good when we get, when we have windows, we have to go through them. Yeah. So did, did authorities bring you in like police and federal investigations and things like this? 
that happened of course after i had a a a, a reputation and caliber and i met people it seemed that i met people that wound up calling me or being in touch because of where they worked or who they knew so aside from the fact that i i wasn't a big name out there um at the beginning didn't matter i immediately worked with within four or five years i'm working with the military with smithsonian um with think tanks on occasion and i was i was really climbing and then i got a little held back by lyme disease mm. but that too was a whole set of things that its own story just who i met how i got treated the amount of people that got helped because of it is its own story that i'd say i don't know if i'd say i don't want ever want that to happen again because so much good came out of that even though it kicked my butt for 20 years mm. yeah things work for us and against us it's never usually black and white as you know and, and you get called in the hospital sometimes too right if somebody's really sick or something's going on spiritually yeah, as, as you get to know people and they know what you're capable of doing, things come up and they go, oh, you got to call Richard. So, you know, what's difficult for me is I'm not going to have somebody um, volunteer or professionally rave about something that if I do that, I'm entering it on some ego gratification or it's dangerous for me because what do you do when you've actually had miraculous things happen? The second you go, oh, I have miraculous things happen. You've already lost some of it because the, let's say the frequency can really alter. Oh, what do you, oh, what are you saying that for? Oh, another nut job, etc. So I have to leave it to people um, to ask me. And in the course of my life, um, since I've been doing these uh, healings, um, there's been some where it's stage four cancer, uh, uh, the, um, a double, uh, transplant, uh, that fails and then fails again. And there's just no hope. Lady got 13 years. Was it me? I don't know, but everyone seemed to feel that way. And I also know while I attribute it to something I did that I served only as a, as a pipeline for something greater than me. But then I contributed my own energy to it with my thought, well, I got to push a little because whatever I'm getting, I have to give it the respect of doing whatever I can. So if I if somebody put a motor on the back of my boat, I still have to have my oar and, and, and do my share of the, of the pulling forward, so to speak. So sometimes it can get very tiring. And, and at times when I overuse my own energy, um, and this is really for anybody who does this work. You can feel uh, like you just drank a bottle of vodka. You wake up the next day feeling like, like really, really weakened and headachy. It is an absolute draining situation. Once you open yourself up with the intention of giving it to someone, it really flows out. Even people who wouldn't normally think or know about this, they, if they make that mistake, um, you, you usually use other energies, not your own. But I go right on the border. You know, I, 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 I'm right on that, 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 that sweet spot, hopefully. What's an angel guide and do we all have them? There's angels. Um, there's talk that we have a guardian spirit. Um, do I believe that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, by the amount of times um, 
I photographed them. And my first major recognition came as dual. It was Ed Warren putting me as a lead guy within a few months for the Warrens, the you know, Ghostbusters, Ed and Lorraine, taught me a real lot. Um, and and I, I took everything I can from them. And the other was just doing the right thing, hopefully, and seeing how it worked out. And um, my luck with working with some of the best people in the world is something I couldn't have made up or done for myself. It was done for me. Uh, for example, I'm not Catholic, but I worked with a Catholic bishop who I, I, I'd say the word love is minimizing my respect and, and, and true like feelings for this man of absolute, like, I would say if there's somebody who's not going to be a saint, but should it's Bishop McKenna. And when you work with the best, like tennis, I used to play tennis as a kid. I didn't want to beat people. I wanted to work with somebody who's going to kick my butt because that's going to make me a better tennis player. You know, we strive for what we're doing. We reach. And, um, it's something where if not, we look good, but we look like a big fish in a small pond and we don't go anywhere. We have to try to work with the most engaging situations with the most engaging people. And that's how we bring ourselves up. That's why people want to go to Harvard instead of the University of Southern, uh, you know, you know, Kakamanga, you know, uh, it's just going to do them better. Even if it's not the education, it's who they meet. It's the recognition. That's the world we live in. So, so everyone has an angel guide. So I have one. Everyone has a guardian spirit. I, I always, I always do that. I still don't go guardian spirit right. because sometimes that spirit is an angel it is most likely a human being who may or may not have ever incarnated, but it's a human spirit nonetheless. And they're, as far as I know, just about never a family member. It's, it's a like stranger. Intense. Yeah. Because the whole idea is it's a job for both people. It's something is acting as an emissary between us and the, the cosmic, the spiritual universe in some way, even if we never recognize it, doesn't matter. That's their job. It's kind of like um, I jokingly say to people, but it's not said in a, in a, in a mocking way is somebody got to keep track of us. Somebody got to know where we are because sometimes we don't. Uh, that's kind of the role of that entity and their way of progressing, like our progressing in this life. That's how they progress. That's their job. And it Like also, a spiritual government. <laughs> absolutely. And they have not only um, the contract throughout our life, and I don't know if they stay with us. I, I, I imagine that happens sometimes. I wouldn't even really say this is what happens. It would be a guess. But I know they're lifelong. And I know that if we ask the right way, we can sometimes get them not only thank you, maybe be promoted in their ability to work with me. And because we're kind of the boss, uh, not in a bossy way like they're our, uh, you know, our, our indentured servant, but it's up to us to ask for things like, thank my guardian spirit. May they be lifted as high as, you know, would be allowed that I can do my work even better for myself and, and the world I live in. Um, it's kind of honored. Sometimes we only have to ask for things. And one of the first things I have found myself telling people on occasion 
is ask for the help in every way. You need a therapist. You need to go to the library, but also spiritually. Ask your guardian spirit to be brought to the highest standards and know how much you're appreciating that. Are we, are we, when we, when people pray to God, are they missing the middleman, which is his guardian spirit? No, no, because that's accounted for. Okay. You know, um, it's, it's part of the, the menage. It's like, um, if I were to say, for example, to a group of people, Hey, everyone, we're meeting again here Thursday. No, some of the people know they're just guests. They're not going to. Some people can't make it. Um, some people will tell others. But you generally, I'm announcing it, and it kind of takes a life on its own. That's kind of what happens when we – the magic word here is not love. The magic word is trust. It's we trust that things will happen the way they should, even if they don't appear to. And that includes when we ask for help, we will get it. We just may not get it in the way we think we should get it, but we usually wind up getting it in a way that works out better for all involved. Mm. And a big one here, this is a biggie because it, it's, it's stretching the believability point for some people, but we have to be careful when we ask for something that what we ask for is not something that will impair other people that will not violate their free will, that we're not needlessly asking for physical laws to be violated because part of the constraints of living in the physical world is part of our education. There's things we can't do because we're here, but there's also things we can do because we are here. You know, you can't have it always, but we can have it the ways and work them the best we can. So these guardian angels... They haven't incarnated yet. Is this, does this have something to do with karma? Are they stuck here and they need to fulfill some sort of mission? No, they're anything but that. They're, that's part of their, their job. Um, in their world, even though they're kind of available to us more, more or less all the time. But in their world, um, I learned something last year and, and it was from uh, people who are physicists and I asked a few and they all came up with something that surprised me, which is time is not a dimension. It's something we use on the earth plane, but it, it is not part of height with length consciousness. It's a device we use because what we say is a day is related to simply the spin of the earth. Um, so time is kind of a relative factor. And so they seem to be with us all the time, but that doesn't mean they're not doing lots of other things too. I have no way of knowing that, but they're basically doing their job. They're always going to be, if they're advising us, they're people, if they're a human being, they're people who've already transcended knowing certain things. Uh, they're going to be kind of on the top end of understanding the transition of life, of death, um, of danger in the physical world whether they experienced it or not, or they're going to be of the angelic choir. And it depends a little bit on the luck of the draw and what your main thrust in life is bound to be determines which what's given to us, but we don't decide that that's decided by a higher consciousness. Let's just say the source. Where does the subconscious mind fall into all this? Subconscious mind is a device where we work things out and we work things out beyond our ability 
to juggle a bunch of realities at once. So we've developed a way that our mind and brain and spirit are working things out without it immediately jumping at us and we having to respond in the real world like we see an old friend or the house is on fire or there's a car headed in your direction. You know, it's something different. It works entirely on its own in concert with other parts of us, including our conscious mind, including our superconscious. And what's our superconscious? Well, if it's not your conscious or your subconscious, now you're connecting not just to all the little parts of you that uh, uh, connects to the rest of the world, but now you're connecting to something far greater, which is the, the kind of the cosmic consciousness of the expansiveness of the universe we're in. And it is the universe. It is not the polyverse. It's not the omniverse. It's not the multiverse. That's crazy marketing. Uh, when you say the universe, it's implied. All comes into the one. Hmm. Um, so sometimes it's like just because you invent new words for things doesn't mean that the concept is any richer or grower. It's actually misleading. What does God want from us? Better. And, and, and that's you know easy answer, but I'll take a shot at it. A lady wrote a book who was a very dear friend of mine. I shouldn't say was um, uh, because she's hanging in there and she's pushing the hundred mark. Um, glorious woman. She had a place uh, called Stonefield Farm and it was in East Haddam. And I did a few years of psychic development uh, weekends. And she had a book written which should be a tabletop book everywhere. I, I question her publisher being able to push it enough, but several people, you know, the book, it did sell some thousands. It's called Children of Light. And it was drawn by her. She was an artist uh, as well as a lady, you know, with horses were her main thing, animals, spirituality. She's just a real Renaissance lady. And she was a perfect uh, place to do this. And our relationship was, you know, for years. Uh, it's just now she's a little bit taxed, so I don't see her as much. But when we did these events, um, I learned quite a bit from her world, especially that book. That's why I'm drawing this, not out, but to make a point. It was so easily explained that I went, I knew this. Why didn't I write this book? And then it was, well, because it was an artist. She was able to conceptualize it and put what I just was beginning to put together in my head of why are we here? Why would any conscious type of being of any kind have us here? Um, is it incidental, coincidental, happenstance? Or even if it was or wasn't, obviously we exist. Um, perhaps with others in the universe. I don't think we could look at it any way, scientifically, spiritually, or just in a humanistic way, that whatever God is, um, whether it's a God that takes care of a whole chunk of the universe, including us, and answers to something greater, or is the one unique God um, of the Godhead, and there is just one, and it's solo. Don't know how it works, wouldn't claim to. Ultimately, God is one, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but 
God has to grow. And if his creation doesn't grow, neither does the creator. So the creation and the creator are not one and the same, but they are interdependent. Mm. So the book, which is a child could read it, but a multiple, you know, educated um, doctorates, you know, people who are not just have the education, but have the brain power and everything else are delighted with it because it answers a lot of their questions, which is basically we start off as sparks and, and however that happens, we leave. And eventually, because we're talking about the human spirit, uh, us, so we go off and we start to develop these communities, these, this tribal living, um, we develop cultures, we develop something, uh, then we go back and we have to evolve to make our cultures, our family evolve. So, you know, it's this back and forth stuff that we're all familiar with. It's called life. But at the end of the day, we go back and whether we come back, whether we don't come back, ultimately we do go back to the universe. There's nothing wasted in the universe. We primary law. Um, when we grow back brighter than whence, whence we came, God, the Godhead gains and in God gaining, so do we. It's probably the best example of symbiosis. Um, how do you get higher than that? That we're part of God. We spin off. We learn some stuff. We eventually come back brighter than when we first left. Hmm. When we pray, what are some let's just call it, I say this word loosely, what are some rules? What are some, some, some things that we can do to make our prayer more effective? One of the best questions I could ever be asked, by the way, is I think that. Um, <clears throat> the significant thing that you're asking um, is it is the singular most common uh, request that people ask me, which is when you start writing your book, because everyone knows I, I, I want to be the guy to write towards the end of my career. I don't want to be somebody that gets excited about something for six months and I then write a bunch of books on it. That works for some people and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I knew that me, I, I wanted to say, this happened. Oh, can you prove it? Uh-huh. I have stories that just people have challenged, you know, skeptical inquirers and stuff. They won't take my challenge. Um, and, and it's not in a haughty way. I even said I, no names have to be. But yes, I can virtually prove that there is something more than just the reality you see by virtue of being able to tell people things I could not know, um, photograph and record things that aren't there to the average person. Um, you know, which now is becoming more and more acceptable. Um, so I'm going on and on. You asked about prayer. Um, because it's by far the one thing that I hear, I hear it at least two times a week and sometimes a lot more from other, you know, individuals. Some I've just met, some know about me, and maybe I've met them the first, the second time. I would say almost everyone hits me with, when you can do your book, why don't you do your prayer book first? Because I always mention praying is, is great, but you got to know how to pray. 
Uh, otherwise, it's like going to a car and putting a key in the ignition and it won't start. Is the battery going? No, it's the wrong key. You know, we got to have things that match up. And prayer is not always what people think. It's not whining. Because then it's whining. And that's not the basis of prayer. Um, if it's something that's repetitive, like um, in, in Judaism, it might be the Ein Keloheno or the... Uh, um, the service, uh, 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 you know, the, the, of the Zohar or the blowing of the chauffeur or something like that. The um, on, on the on the high holidays um, for um, the, the our Christian um, brethren, it's going to likely be Hail Marys and Our Father, um, and all of its counterparts. The call to prayer from our Islam brothers and sisters, from our Buddhists, from our Hindu all have different ways chanting this and that that lend itself to connecting to something greater and, and somehow doing something good in the process, which is a little bit different than uh, the Judaic Christian sometimes. But what's notable, um, and I will answer the question, that's a promise, but what's notable is a lot of prayer is accompanied by two things. One of them is music. It doesn't have to be a musical instrument, but why are some prayers sung? For one reason, um, people like it. It expresses emotions, but it also dances to a higher frequency. Okay. So there's prayers that happen that are like, I, I would be akin to our Pledge of Allegiance or reciting the Gettysburg Address or, um, you know, wonderful little statements. Like I was thinking of Will Rogers when I was thinking about our, our, our work today. And I kept thinking, you know, any club that would have me as a member is a club I don't want to join. And I, I don't know why. I just was, was having fun with that. Um, is that a prayer? No, it's a statement that goes out there. But basically the lines that I've learned about prayer happened because I've been in what I felt was and later found out were life and death situations. And so uh, I use the prayer as something that was literally my last line of defense, not running out the door. Um, again, different kinds of prayer. So here's some of the answers to what you're asking. Um, it's a book. So uh, literally, so Keep in mind, I'm not going to answer everything, but the skeletal little info here is going to serve you and I think, you know, our people well. And that is, don't overpray. pray. Uh, there are some prayers that might go on for a long time. Well, that's their nature. And they're more things of the community. Uh, I'll go back to like the, because I experienced as a kid, the Jewishness on Yom Kippur is like hour after hour. Oh, my God. But that's a collective prayer. That's what that is. And it, it goes out as a devotional. Nothing wrong. It's fine. But to really get things done in prayer, you have to adhere to a few things that should be as natural as the day is long. First thing is prayer can only be two things when it's not tradition. You know, people uniting tradition. It's either a thank you or a please. It can be nothing else. You're either thanking or you're asking. And then there's rules. What are the rules? For one, you cannot ask anything 
and expected to be answered that has to do with violating anyone's free will or breaking physical law because you know we have our physical laws for a reason they have many times been broken but we can't ask for that we can only ask that things happen in that process that's up to of whom we are praying to and speaking to we also have to recognize that we may be speaking to the almighty the creator or some derivative that brings us to that source um but sometimes it's like you tell one kind of entity that brings it to a higher that brings it to a higher that brings it to a higher i call it and i'm not the first one the heavenly hierarchy and is it the same for everyone in the world well right now we can really only talk about the earth plane and what we more or less know um and and, and the little visitations we've had but this is a big universe out there and the the idea is when we ask for something we ask simply and succinctly we don't ask for anything unless it doesn't violate free will or or laws but especially the will or we've been requested to do it by somebody and could you thank god for me i go sure you can but i'll join you that i'm asking that your thank you go loud and clear and strong that that's your intention anything that might upend that or limit that we're asking for that clarity to be this is a loving very appreciative lady would that prayer be heard answered and filed absolutely just about any prayer is answered if it meets what needs to be done but it's only answered when everything could be fulfilled that it's not violating laws it's not violating people's will or some things that have already put in play it's not about predestiny but it is about certain things that are already destined and in play as soon as all those things are not injured and satisfied the prayer will be answered in the way that it can be answered by something that is of course a much much more of a higher end divine nature leading on its way to you know between us and our creator or our creator and when we ask for something like anything else ask for it really strong if you ask for it seven seven times in an hour it, 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 it's more or less god going well we got another ocd here well we'll try to answer them but when they slow it down a little bit um they have to learn that we heard them the first time mm-hmm. so trust is a big big important word i believe it absolutely supersedes this this notion of unconditional love uh trust is even the trust that um the the consciousness of the moon it doesn't have our consciousness but it knows the the earth travels around and it travels around the earth it's not that it has a conscious way that it's going to give us a telegraph thank you for the for the daily but it is part of the history and the constancy of what is while we are here and the the moon in some way uh the tides the four tidal changes every day it's kind of a trust that we have as a fisherman we know whether we're going to have a storm or not whether it's fish or not that day we do know the tide's going to change every 6 hours there's some things we need to trust and one is that when we send a prayer out it's heard and we have to leave it there 
because it's heard and now who answers it will do it in the way that is right for them. Um, probably the one thing I could I could I could I could throw out that's I'd say an important rule is ask for something once and then thank every day for a couple of weeks. Then you could ask again. And in fact, as a um, um, I, I'm not sure you knew this, but long ago I had the opportunity and I became an instructor of hypnotherapy. I decided to go for the schooling and not just be a weekender. And I, I learned a lot. It, it really served me well. And some of the laws that have to do with that kind of added education about the subconscious and suggestibility in the mind um, has a lot to do with what eventually prayer seems to mean and why. Um, we can't get seduced by our own prayer. Um, it, it can be seductive, like it's beautiful. Sometimes it's melodic. It's wonderful. We should enjoy it. But the main purpose is to make something better for the world at large, including us, or the world at large with or without us. And as long as it serves the common good, you know, as we say, but if we keep asking the same thing, um, it's kind of like we're telling the person, I'm calling it a person, the person, the entity, the group that we're asking can't feel like, well, they, they've said the prayer 11 times in the last hour. They're really, yeah. And they don't really trust anyone's listening. So uh, I would say a one please and about 21 days of thank yous. The reason I entered that about the hypnotherapy or people are going to go, what the, where, where's he going? Um, the human mind generally will learn and unlearn habits in about 21 days. For some reason, I thought that was a really subtle but good message to me that as a rule of thumb, um, just pour your heart out, ask for what you need, thank everyone for listening, um, and then thank every day. Thank you for answering my prayer about my family and its health and, and, and everything that I asked for. I am forever grateful that it's being heard, acted on, and considered way beyond what I may know, but I do know to say thank you. I appreciate it. That for 21 days is a whole lot better than repeating the same prayer yeah. day to day. And, and the prayer needs to be out loud, right? When you say a prayer silently, that's very nice, but just don't call it a prayer. It's called thinking. And one of the things, because I, I, I've learned a lot of, I call them um, little little mini actions. Sometimes I call them tricks, but not like we're tricking anyone. There are shortcuts and they're, it's gratifying to know that there are. And in some of these little shortcuts, they take sometimes a second, two seconds, three seconds. It has to do with the keys of things like visualization, um, you know, many ways that we can make something more effective. Okay. Uh, even if it's to show that we care and we show it in our authenticity. Um, and part of that is about prayer. You got that on the button. That was for you. It was like, you know, water flows. But the other piece of that is in doing these other things, like what I do when I'm facing something that I don't know what it is, but I'm not feeling good about it. 
what can I do to protect myself or ask for that, things of that nature. We can't think it in our heads because even if we could, it doesn't go out as a command because higher mind says the human being, like was it the 18 year old kid thinks of sex, was it five times every 60 seconds subconsciously or consciously? I think that was determined a while ago. How they knew that, I, I don't know. But if, when you, if you remember when you're 18, it's probably true. And uh, that's not against any laws of God, but that's not going to go out as a prayer because it's the thinking. It's our conversing with ourselves about our libido, about our growing into our own, about growing into adulthood and, and all that comes with it. But if we say something out loud regarding anything, now we're saying, I want this heard. Like I stand behind this. And it's vibrational, we, right? It's, it's yeah, yeah, it goes out. But the main thing is it goes out to our own ears as legitimate and a command. Like if I think of white lighting myself, you know, seeing God's light around me, does that protect me spiritually to any extent? Yes. But if I think that and visualize it, uh, it's the visualization that works, not asking for it because I already know about it. Why ask for it? Just do it. Just see yourself in the brilliant light around you emanating from you, almost like, like a fireplace making it too, too much heat for the average bug to come and bite you because you're right next to a fireplace. It doesn't want to get burned. So prayer, white lighting yourself is actually like armor. Uh, but when we ask for it, does it become stronger, more definitive? If need be, yes, it can. Because we're not just visualizing it now. We're asking for something it is heard. There's no secrets in the universe. And if, in fact, we need that little bit extra, we're probably going to get it because we asked for it. And our brain knows that we also commanded ourselves to be totally authentic. We are not hiding behind our thinking. We are willing to put it out to the universe, God Almighty, and everything in between. We're asking for this. We need help. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not afraid of it. I'm only in grateful debt that it's answered. And when we put it out loud, it's kind of like laying your cards on the table. So what's the deal with colors and lights? We, we can use these to, to make our lives better, right? It's kind of like using nice penmanship. It's like using the right color paper. Why well, use light blue ink on a blue paper? You can see it, but really. Um, it's making everything more what it should be when we can. Uh, it, it's kind of almost a thing out of respect that we can uplift things and, and, and put them out and make it as easy and right as possible where we're making a request. And sometimes that involves in prayer. Sometimes there are things we can do that respond to us, ourselves, from ourselves. And that is the magic and key of a prayer that was answered by you being born. It's the idea that what you visualize um, can begin to have an effect on the reality of everything physical or anything else. There's a, that latitude of free will. I mean, I could have decided to become a plumber or a contractor or a ghostbuster or a bartender, a criminal element or enter politics. Whether I was successful or not, those are all up to me. 
some of these things that have to do with life in all of its forms, our family, our everything, we find that when we're expressing ourselves to the universe, um, just like an artist, isn't it nice to know that maybe you just do things in pencil, but you have lead number one, two, three, charcoal, you have the various tools. We have them in the form of color. The color is a, it's its own entire subject because the color spectrum is not all the colors in the universe. It's only the colors our eyes can see from the rods and cones. And are there other colors? Yeah. What do they look like? I don't have a clue because they're not earthly, but they are on earth. We just well, don't have the ability. Well, we always see the, the photo or the image of the chakras and they always have their own little color. Yes. Yes. Because the color either has a quality in and of itself or because most of the, or if not all of the chakras, um, this goes for astrology too, were developed by primitive cultures who never were in touch with each other. How the heck did they all come up with the same thing? What Mars is, what Venus is, what Jupiter is. Is it part of the human consciousness that gets, spits back and kind of subtly tells people? Or is it because it's ultimately what's true? Um, I think it's a little bit of a com combination of everything, but remember that the light we do see, the light we do see is clear. There is no color, but when we break it down to the sum total of its parts, it has these various colors, you know, the color wheel more or less. And in the color wheel, we, um, we are given that information already is that one of the ways that we can paint the way we see things, uh, even the way it was painted by higher mind, higher consciousness, the Godhead, um, everything in this planet revolves around the color green. Yeah. Or less plants. Um, and yet there's other things that seem very consistent. I, I, I remember asking the question, I went no end to find that, is there any color other than violet? that connects us to the Godhead. And a few times it was answered in something of like brilliant light and it was left at that, but it was never just that. It accepted the fact also that our connection singularly from our creator and into us to be connected to the, let's say the, the super consciousness to create it to the, um, the very mystical, um, etheric spiritual part of what is, which is the greatest deal of all. Most of everything is empty space, but it, it, it isn't really empty. It gets filled in by such things, consciousness, love, trust, and space for things to change. And the one thing is it's always violet. Mm. In every religion is violet, whether you're talking about ancient stories from Lemuria to the ancient Hawaiians, the mountain yards in Vietnam, to the Zulus, to the Igbo tribesmen. Saint Germain is linked to violet too, right? All of it, yeah. Because it's the vibration of creation for some reason. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of important to know that even though they're similar, it's not purple. Purple is its own kind of tone, color. It's more like a maroon. Violet is a color. You know, violet is that, 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 that. That, that other color that's very legitimate. But when you put all the colors together, we see nothing.
until there's a prism. And when the prism comes, as an example, light through the window and disperses the different colors, it's why did it do that? How did it do that? And we just got all kinds of information about glass, about crystals, about other energies that we're now just beginning to play with. Um, the way we're talking right now, we couldn't do it without uh, a little bit of something crystalline called silicon, Silicon Valley. Uh, the first radio transmissions happened because the two Italian inventors, and I apologize, I only remember Mr. Marconi, uh, they both in the same year developed radios and the transistors. Nikola Tesla. Uh, it might have been Tesla. Yeah. It was thin slices of uh, crystal uh, quartz, just common mm -hmm. beach quartz. And, and, and because of that, people, do you believe in crystals? Yeah. Do you work with them? As little as possible. Um, only the ones that can only be um, enhancing what we do because other things may in fact have their function, but where they've been and what they come, I have found people who get in trouble with that. Not everyone, but I just, I just, I avoided a little bit. Amethyst and quartz always seem to be fine. I, and maybe everything else is fine. I'm just careful. Yeah. So before I get to my last question, where can people come find you and your work? Do you have a website? I have a website under Richard P. Jackson, and I, you are, um, um, I, I believe I said this to you um, when we started or, or when we talked, um, you know, having known you regardless, this is the day my, you know, fourth, fifth cycle in my 33 year old career begins this podcast and I'm on the way to improve my it's richardpjackson.com but I'm also creating a website called the it's already a done deal I just gotta fill it in now over the next month or so it's going to be little um mini episodes about truth about all subjects everything just something that this is not up for opinion it's true sorry folks take it off the table this is the way it is if you don't want to believe me, you're welcome. But we need a little bit of truth. Some things can't be political or selfish or anything. They just should be. This is the way it is. And it's going to be called the freaking truth. They're going to link and I'm going to begin to pull things from the past because I didn't put a lot out there because I was waiting like books, this and that. I also sometimes believe that you should put something out there that has a full statement, not little pieces of it. Um, but you know, everything in its time, everybody has a different schedule for a different reason, but my big, the biggie, the big cycle in my life started today and started with you, which is for the next five years, I am out to do whatever I can to make a little tiny bit of a spark in this world that everyone's spark or some people's spark can be just that teeny bit brighter. Even if it's five people, I've done my job. Right. So my last question is, how did you meet Andy Schoenfeld? <laughs> Andy, the Andy man was on this podcast. Oh my gosh. I don't know, six, seven months ago. And of course I met him over a year ago when I started going through 
dark night of the soul. And then he introduced me to you and, and, but, I, but I never, I never got the story of how you and Andy met. He's a very unusual therapist and you're an unusual gentleman yourself. So how did, how did these two unusuals get together? Uh, under unusual circumstance, but I love the little story. And I think it's, I think it's interesting for people because it's a story for all of us, uh, but I won't make it a giant fairy tale, but it does apply to all of us. Sometimes if you're asking for magic, let the magic in. Sometimes it doesn't knock on the door the way you want, but answer the door anyway. Th that has little to do with this. Okay. So here's what happened. I got a, um, about a nine year history uh, while I wasn't feeling the best, but it gave me all the people I needed, Connecticut, New York, Mass, people who knew people down the, down the Atlantic. Uh, I, I did a lot of work in the middle Atlantic state. So I had, I had those people um, that I'm still maintain. Everything's, you know, great, but I realized I'm, I'm losing a little touch here. Um, maybe I need to do something. And I started pushing what was given to me, which was Hartford, Connecticut, had me on TV, radio, or national TV, at least once a week for about nine years. And I mean, there were a few days that I wasn't, but, you know, it was everything. It was the local stations about 666 or Halloween, or it was the uh, Talk of Connecticut or the Mary Jones Show or Girls Night Out or Fox TV or NBC. And I had a ball and, and, and I'm still getting friends and calls from there, which is to my delight, which has just happened a day ago. Um, but it was something that uh, it, it, it gave back to me plenty. And when it did, I started hearing from people and I didn't always know that I knew the people because they'd say, oh, I heard you on your show. So I'm answering an email from someone, who the heck is this? And it was called the Success Genie. And um, I don't know her. Maybe I met her at the radio station. So I called her. She doesn't know how she sent it out. I wasn't on her email list. It was magic. Maybe there's another reason, but to me, it was magic. And we decided to meet. And I said, I can't, I, I, I do things differently. I, I'm not going to tell you, I'll give you X amount of money to help my business because I give business advice. That's not what I need from you but maybe we can make money together or share something together that we'll both be better off for it. And she goes, thanks for being straight with me. Let me take you to lunch. Let's talk. So she called me back about 10 minutes later and said, my husband is kind of a self-taught scientist, happens to be one of Andy's best friends. His name is Angelus. And Angelus, I said, sure, bring him along. So he had something in common with me. He went to a lot of the Ed and Lorraine Warren's classes um, and he was attempting to do kind of a remake on what happened at Amityville. So he was an attendee for a number of years. And according to Angelus, you know, who asked his wife, is that Ed Warren's friend? And she asked me, I went, yeah. And she said, I got to I, I gotta go. Ask me if it's okay. So of course it was okay. And um, Again, I think it was Ed, thank you. This was at, at, long after he passed. And Angelus came and we discussed and compared notes about our history with, you know, that group, with everything. We just 
really jived. It, I instantly had a new friend and he turned to me and said, you know, we had a great morning and we're clicking. I I like, I like what you're saying. And I, I like how you listen to me. Um, It feels like old friends. And I have an old friend, one of my best, I think need your help right now, just on something personal. I have a feeling you're the man. So that was Andy. Uh, We all go through our dark night of the soul. I'm not sure it was that severe, but I came in, we had two sessions and before the first one was even over, we can, I can feel that bonding. And we, we started working because Andy felt if somebody could actually come in and help me with this that easily, uh, maybe there's people that are my people that maybe should have an appointment with him. Cause I never know what I bring to the table. I never know what's going to come up. People might see me for one reason. I go, you know, you got this happening. You could tend to it or not, but I'm just telling you, well, how do you know? I go, well, I don't know for sure, but I know enough to say, why don't we? So Andy started recommending people to me, which are now well over 300. And I said, I'm not a therapist. And he said, are you nuts? What determines that you don't take insurance? Um, <laughs> and, and, and I said, well, you know, you're right. I do have the education. And I had to, I was the guy who saw people and identified the problem because I didn't just like take pictures and have a good time and leave. I would make sure that people didn't make the same mistake again. I would find out what precursor brought something into their lives. And I always felt that I'm not just there to put out the fire. I'm there to make sure there's nothing smoldering and that they don't keep their gas next to their furnace anymore. You know, and I'm seeing people who've been greatly influenced. And these are people who don't always tell their friends about spiritual stuff that's scared them, frightened them, or haunting. Was it scary? People regard things that are strange as scary. So sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But I had to help the people prevent it from happening again. Otherwise, it's like an addict um, where you're offering that they can detox. Here's something for you. But when you're ready to detox, you can come here and we'll help you. You have to be willing to always take it to the next level. And that was basically it. Um, I learned how to speak to people so they didn't have recurrences. Because some of these cases were the kind of cases that some of them are the kind of things you won't even find on TV. They're just a bit too harsh. And, and mostly not, but to the family, it's still traumatic. So I realized I've been dealing with trauma for 25 years before I met Andy and that I had that kind of life too. My life was up and down and it taught me a lot. Mm. And I guess the things I was very upset about now I'm realizing they took something from me, but they gave back something greater. And Andy and I, to this day, um, Mm. I, I couldn't put into words how synchronistic it is when you're not looking for something, but you need something, it tends to come your way. And I always love the idea of family, Um, the family I create, but they're not family. So it's the friendship that brings them into my life because it wasn't a wedding. It wasn't blood. It's the friendship and they become that wonderful place. And some of my family, I regard those few who I'm very close with as friendly also. They're family and friends. 
And Andy and I have had this magical ride, and it's going to continue for a while. Very cool. God <laughs> Very cool. And one of the fruits of it is you. Um, there's there's things like um, water. The magic of water is my new little. I always have little sub things that it's not that I'm working on them, but I'm working on them here. Um, and the magic of water is as I'm finding out more grows more astounding by the day. It's not just an item called water. It may be our saving grace as much as right now it's a commodity very soon. It's going to be as important as oil or more, but it, it goes way beyond that. And people go, how come you go from A to Z? You know, you can do that. You deal with this, you deal with quitting smoking or elevating a person or how to do a reading or, um, psychometry. Some people don't know that their moods are changed every day because they touch something that people, and if they're sensitive, that people are touching or highness or angry. So, you know, it's funny. There's, there's these amazing areas to go. There's never enough. I mean, I, 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 I would think that we probably would easily do 50 little scenarios of exchange of information and barely touch it. The coincidental factor of what's happened in my life that has saved lives is utterly remarkable um, of things happening and happening in a way that just took care of a lot of people all at once. Uh, it let me know there is magic. There is magic in the air. And uh, listen, I think you have every, uh, every bit of uh, what it takes for your show to be magic. I think it's going to help a lot of people. It's not always the numbers and sometimes it can be, but it's the amount of people who will respond to your guests. And I'm seeing the demeanor you've developed and it is just absolutely ideal. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm working, how do I follow that? But you're, you're ideal because sometimes there's a role to be combative, combative and sometimes to question people and call them on stuff. But most of the time, it's working with people to get the best out of them. I think you're very capable of doing all of them. But I, I see that you, you be at your best at just using the wisdom that you obviously have and is growing daily because it just will um, to get people to do the best for them on that show, you know, at that moment. Like I know when I came on here, I, I'm going, well, I don't know what he's going to ask me. I don't get nervous. I get excited. I'm just starting to tone down now a little bit because I was very excited about this show. Um, and it has to be connected to the fact of not just for me and for you and for Andy, but for the whole thing that things that have been waiting to be in play, I'm just feeling. And I, I can't thank you enough. I, I hope that maybe we can do uh, not just another show, but we might try something or on my show. Uh, I may do some interview stuff and talk. And what better with people that we begin to grow with and have something that we share that we can work with because the benefit goes to the people who are listening. They get the information, but they also get the dynamics of people that are sharing and exchanging and growing in their relationship. And that's the last thing I'm saying about the question you asked a while back about light, but you also mentioned sound and things. They're all part of what accentuates things that 
we need to know or should know about the universe. Uh, there's music everywhere, whether it's the birds singing or Andy on the on, on, on the organ or a symphony orchestra. They all do great things to us and they do so through all the ways that we have sensory. We not only have spiritual, physical and emotional um, and cultural connections to all of those, but they all have highways to express ourselves, mend and fix our lives. The, laser beams are probably going to be the weapon of the future, mm. but they may be a weapon that's so effective. It might actually be the weapon that stops the weaponry because when you could take anything out with the press of a button, maybe we should just start working things out. The weapons have reached at that certain point. Um, that is by the way, new news. There's some, some things coming out that are very much working on a laser beam and a laser beam operates off what? A crystal. Mm. A crystal. Okay. Yeah. And, and you have to realize that when you do a show, you're also a laser beam. And this show goes out. And for the people listening to it, when they do, they will get something out of it. Uh, they agree. They don't agree. But they will get something out of it that they would not have gotten if they didn't turn to the show. Um, some people are out to give good information. Some people are out to bang an agenda and some people are out to just do whatever it is they think they should do. I think you're the first, I think you're going to be a, a well stream of information and will be a precursor to other things happening. So I, I'm excited. I, I, I can never be too busy by the way, that if it's workable anytime, even if, even if you need me to ask one question to a person, that you might have on the show and you might say, well, give Richard a call. Um, it's those little invitations I put out to people are given back to me amazingly. I don't expect it, but it just does. I, I don't think we should hide our knowledge and I don't think we should hide anything that can help other people, but we also just can't come out randomly and jam it down people's throats. So we work with the best people, hopefully in whatever field we're in, we learn, and hopefully we do the best by them. And because it's our first show, this is my way of giving you the, uh, um, I, I guess, like a little blessing um, that this show is not only successful, because that's going to be successful, it already is, but that it reaches as many people that can benefit from it as is right for you now, tomorrow, and all through. And I think you're going to find that a lot of people are going to tell you that they picked up something from any of the shows you do because you do the most important thing of all. You ask the right questions. If you don't ask the right questions, right? So kudos and, and, and mazel tov. Mazel tov. <laughs> Shabbat shalom. <laughs> Everything, all of it. Yeah. All right, Richard, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for the time today. My pleasure. And obviously, I really am thankful we met. I met Andy. I think other things will are down the road for us. I do um, too. Yeah. But I, I, I just feel absolutely terrific. And I'm looking at you going, what did he do? You've just absolutely shot like a rocket. And you're wanting to do this. And you're saying, you know, I have knowledge, I have experience, I have issues that have helped me that have, and I want to work with this. And you have turned it into exactly what you needed to. 
And when people have little dreams and they're not pipe dreams, it's what they should do and they do it. It's the world's not always complied. Sometimes we have to struggle or fight our way up a little bit. Right. And you just showed some real grit to the world. And if no one else sees it, I know it. <laughs> and for that, that's my main mazel tov. You already got luck. You're already going to have a great show. But for you personally, mazel tov, because you answered your own call of what you needed to do. You have too much intelligence. You have too much um, of the what people want to know, what you'd like to know, that, that need to evolve and to share it and to continue to evolve. Right. Um, you, you have that, and, and it would be a shame for you to not use it, but that's no longer an issue if you're using it. Yeah, I'm using it. I figured I came to this conclusion that I have information that people need, and if I don't share it, then it's almost a sin in a way. It's 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 a waste. So let's let's go, and uh, this is what I'll do for the next 20, 25 years. So. And I hope that occasionally. I'm right nearby. <laughs> right on. All right, Richard. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. All the best to you. And of course, not only your work, but for all, all the people out there who are going to hear any of this. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.